0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Your attention if you'll join me in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse number 13. And I just pray for the Holy Ghost to help all of this to come together tonight. And uh, sometimes you feel something in your heart, have something in your head, And you're just kind of hoping it all comes out right. Amen. Some of, uh, not just ladies in our church cook, but some of our men cook as well. And so it's the same principle when you put something in the oven. You've got it, you've done all you can do. And so you just hope when the timer comes, goes off that it all comes out as planned. And uh, we pulled cakes out of the oven that were tilting. Had nothing to do with the floor either. an uneven floor. It was just something missing in that ingredient. But uh, we just ask the Lord to bless this tonight if He will. It's His Word. His Word is anointed. And uh, in the book of Acts 4 and 13, the Bible says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. It was kind of a... Uh, kaleidoscope of things that are said there there is seemingly some compliments and, and then some things that are not so complimentary but they saw the boldness of Peter and John they, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men they marveled but they did this they, they, they thought maybe, maybe they were unlearned or ignorant but they had to take knowledge of them there was something about them And and I don't think that they acknowledged them on their crazy list. I just think there was something about them that we feel like we better mark. And more importantly is that they acknowledged that they had been with Jesus. There was something in their raiment. There was something in their spirit that let them know there was an announcement. And so I want to really focus on Simon Peter this evening. And if you know anything about Simon Peter from Scripture I think there are a few, perhaps, descriptions that readily leap to our mind. But there is something I think we would all agree with, and that is the fact that Simon Peter had an edge of boldness about him, a courage. And uh, I marvel at that, and, and sometimes in a spiritual, and or at least in a right way, I envy that courage and that boldness that Simon Peter exercised. We know that he didn't always get it right, but I want to talk to you about how not only did he have boldness, I think, by nature, but I also want to talk from Scripture about how God honed that boldness, because boldness or courage that is not anchored in something can very, very quickly just turn to foolishness. And so we need it to be harnessed. We have a lot of energy and we have light here this evening in this house and it's enough to illuminate this room. But if you just kept focusing the light, focusing the light, after a while, the elements of the same light that's here illuminating this room can cut metal because it would be focused and harnessed. And so we don't want to talk about boldness this evening, but I don't want to talk about it in a loose fashion because sometimes people just think that their undisciplined ways are boldness when in fact it's not boldness at all it's just undisciplined ways and uh, so I want to draw a clear and concise line with the help of the Lord between those two things and so there is no doubt that uh, as we read about the life of Simon Peter uh, that we see that sometimes this natural ability or this natural gift was a of boldness was sometimes an asset and sometimes it was very problematic but my subject this evening is simply this boldness for the mission i believe that god can give us boldness for the mission now i don't want to meander too much in my opening comments but as i prepared this this afternoon i began to think about the different dispensations of time certainly even the different generations of time how that god needed to anoint certain generations with a unique measure of boldness because there was a mission at hand john the baptist was not trying to win friends and influence people john the baptist was a man on a mission he came across almost as a wild man. We may perceive that in our minds this evening, and that may be to some degree a fair assessment. But you see, he was trying to turn on the light after 400 years of darkness, and he was trying to break the silence of 400 years. And so, It took a man not passive. It didn't take a man just coming and clearing his voice and asking for permission somewhat bashfully if he could say something. But it took John the Baptist. Many of our modern day pioneers, when they were pioneering works where the gospel message had never been preached, again, they may not have been some of the most... Uh, the smoothest silver-tongued individuals, but God anointed that generation for that moment to break sometimes the yoke of sin and the silence. And so there is a boldness that we certainly need. We want that to be filtered at all times through the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so let's just think about that tonight. When you see the artist rendition of Jesus and his disciples, We're often left with the idea that the ministry of Jesus and His disciples is blanketed so much in humility that the church was merely a weak entity upon the earth, but nothing could be further from the truth. In reality, there is nothing about Christianity that's feeble. We are taught to stand. Amen. Having done all to stand. We are taught to declare the infallible truths of God's Word. Prophetic voices of yesterday have have spoken to us and they still speak today with grand clarity. They spoke without apology. They spoke without fear and favor. Amen. So when you look at the heroes of faith, you won't find anything about these men and women less than courage and confidence. They stood having cast in all Having laid all on the line, they stood very, very courageously. It took the greatest of courage for Stephen at the very zenith of his message to pray that God would forgive those that were taking his life as they were taking his life. He didn't pray for them the night before that all would go well. But as they were in the very midst of stoning him, what a cruel death. We can't even wrap our minds around how cruel that death. But he prayed that God would forgive his executioners. Paul confidently confronted the leaders of Rome knowing that he was an ambassador of Christ. I enjoy reading the book of Acts. And it never gets old to see how that Paul just... Stands. Amen. He opens his voice. And some would say, you know, maybe you ought to be quiet. He said, I'm not going to be quiet. Amen. Some would say, maybe you ought to rephrase that. I believe Paul was saying, I'm not rephrasing that. I've got something to say. And he knew at what risk was involved. And Simon Peter, at the heart of our subject this evening, did not hesitate to stand on the day of Pentecost and declare, thus saith the Lord. Aren't we all thankful for that? even though there was a possibility that he would be next in line for his own crucifixion. But he was blanketed with confidence and boldness that certainly became an object of his faith. Paul said it well when he was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 12. He said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, against that day. It doesn't sound like a man suffering from weakness, but it sounds like a man very aware of the mission and the task at hand. Jesus chose Simon Peter from all the men that he associated with to be the primary spokesman on the day of Pentecost. I am going to anoint your voice to give birth to the New Testament church. Now we, with his long lit laundry list of failures, would have probably never dared trusted someone that had made as many mishaps as Simon Peter with something as important as the keys to the kingdom or the message on the day of Pentecost. We may have let him park chariots or we may have let him do a few things outside, kind of in the background, but we would have never given him the microphone. Amen. (laughs) That's the gospel truth. We would have been ill at ease when we saw him with his Bible under his arm, so to speak, walking to the podium. But Jesus chose him. It was, it was he who received these tremendous missions from the Lord, but it was also Simon Peter that received some of the most harsh reproofs from the Lord. And so what is it that Jesus sees in this man? He was aggressive. He was bold he was eager to get on with the task that was set before him he was a self starter i think that is that is a very accurate statement he was not intimidated by difficult people not intimidated by difficult situations and so when when he was called by the lord he didn't even hesitate he just he just obeyed and he followed the lord that just seemed to be the nature the makeup of this man His quick response to obey and and take charge became a valuable tool in the hands of the Lord because he knew he could trust Him. He will follow through. He will see this through. He had the ability to receive constructive criticism. He had the ability to be molded by the hand of the Lord without getting his feelings hurt. And so we see these great attributes of a man who sometimes seems as though he's a little bit off the chain over here but yet he could withstand the strongest rebuke that the Lord offered and he would acquiesce to the will of God and he would humble himself in the sight of God. And so tonight I want to look at a few things and a few of these qualities that made Simon Peter who he was. Analyzing someone's life I think is uh, can often reveal some of the qualities that we may desire to reach for ourselves. When, uh, when you read about others and you look in their life and you see what it was, those, those key ingredients that helped make them what they are, it makes me want to take a little bit of that, apply it to my own life. Certainly, Peter was a bold man. In the New Testament, the word is translated from the Greek and it means outspoken, frank, or even blunt. So a person who is naturally bold doesn't hesitate to speak or act because they have a certain air of confidence about them. It's just a gift that they came into this world with. Amen. And so when we think about natural boldness, I believe that Simon Peter was not wholly bold. I believe he was naturally bold. I believe that the way he acted in the presence of the Lord was just a small sliver of how he acted on the fishing boat before he met the Lord. I believe we have the most toned down version of Simon Peter there is available for us today. I would just imagine, I almost said I bet. I would just imagine, <laughs> I would just imagine that he was a force to be reckoned with in the working world. He hung around some pretty tough guys, he was in his element. So there was a natural boldness to him. His natural boldness propelled him. Possibly to the forefront of every situation they were involved in. I don't think that he was at the forefront of just things we read about. I don't have any proof of that, but I think there's a safe assumption that his natural tendencies propelled him to the front line of whatever situation there was going on. I've heard Brother Mooney speak many, many times about his natural desire to just get involved. He said, If you're in a, if if something's going on, he talked about several illustrations. If something breaks out in the restaurant, he said, I want to get up and walk over there. I want to see what's going on. I just want to be involved. And and uh, not involved in it necessarily where you wind up on an episode of cops, but just kind of see what's going on. And I just feel like that that was I just feel like that was the nature of Simon Peter. He was just there on the front row. You could catch him in the camera lens. So when channeled correctly, I believe that placing uh, that that his natural boldness placed him on the cutting edge of what God was doing. Perhaps it was just that bold desire that Jesus chose him to be the leading spokesman for the New Testament church. And so let's just consider some of the opportunities that Peter's boldness granted him. Consider this, if you will. He was the one that went walking on the water. The disciples were called in a storm, and Jesus went to him, amen, and went to them, went to them and and spoke and specifically addressed Simon Peter. And he said, if it is you bid me come, and the Lord would say to him, come. It was that God that was willing. And so his boldness took him to a place where no man has ever been before. It took some natural boldness. He was a student of the Lord. It was Peter that boldly asked the Lord to explain things to him. He wasn't ashamed to ask and then ask again. Peter boldly declared the deity of Jesus Christ before the other disciples and his response gained him the unique distinction of being the one that would initially possess the keys of the kingdom. And so if someone desires for the Lord to use them, they have got to be willing to step out and overcome a few obstacles in your life. I would dare say that many of us tonight that are sitting in this house have had to step outside a little bit of who we are in order for God to be able to do with us what He is doing with us right now. Amen. And so it takes a certain... Measure of boldness and courage to be able to follow the desire that God has for us in, in in our lives, and so God is always, I think, looking for an opportunity or chance to do mighty things through those that will trust Him in faith, just believing, and those that would be willing to step out of their comfort zone, so to speak. The Book of Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen, and verse nine, the Scripture says this: For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly therewith, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. But the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Amen. God is looking for somebody that will love him and whose heart will join to his heart. (coughs) So I believe there was a fleshly... Boldness, a uh, maybe a bad choice of words, but I believe there was a carnal boldness about Simon Peter, even though he was naturally bold. Amen. I there was something in him. This this natural take charge attitude Amen. That that God is going to have to deal with some of this God is going to have to temper some of this because God cannot use our own natural abilities if they are not motivated or if they are motivated by carnality God cannot take our natural abilities and use them for His glory if they are motivated by our own carnality now, there are just like there are people that are bold by nature. There are some people that are just, they're, they can just speak publicly. They, they, they can speak to one or they can speak to a thousand and one. And, and so there's a, that's a wonderful gift, especially if the Lord were to use you in that particular area. But if we do not yield ourselves to the will of God and we're doing this through the motivation of carnal things, that has got to be harnessed. In order for God to bless those things. We may be a naturally blessed musician or a naturally blessed singer, a naturally blessed administrator, organizer, or teacher, whatever the case may be, but if it is motivated through bicarnality, if our motives are not right, then God cannot bless those motives. They must be brought into submission to the Lord. So fleshly ambition can get in the way of what God is trying to do in us and what God is trying. To do through us, and so unfortunately, Peter often demonstrated this in his own life, especially early on. He misunderstood the will of God concerning the imminent death of Jesus, and Jesus had to rebuke him because he just kept letting his tongue get in the way. Because he had a natural boldness, but it was a carnal boldness. While watching on the Transfiguration, while watching on the Mount of Transfiguration. Here was Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And so Simon Peter comes up with a bright idea. We ought to just build three tabernacles and stay right here. He misses the whole he's missing the whole point. And his aggressiveness, his boldness, his courage is getting in the way because there's too much carnality. Maybe he thought it would be a good thing to build a religious monument or something for each of these heroes of faith. or But whatever it was, it was misguided theology. That was not what it was all about. He missed the point. And so God's immediate response was to elevate the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And that should always be our focus. Always. He boldly attacked those who came to try to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane Cutting off the ear of one of the of the leader's servants, and so what did the Lord had to do? The Lord had to he's he's cleaning up behind him. It's just damage control. You ever been around people like that that you spend most of your time trying to correct? all the chaos that they started like a whirlwind just kind of went before you and you had to, and so here's the lord he's having to rebuke peter at the same time pick up the man's ear put it back on heal it he's cleaning up behind him because he has a courage and a boldness but it is not yet submitted to the will of god And so it's only as we submit ourselves to the Spirit of God completely that we can lead people and become effective. And so we may have great talent, but if that talent or great ability, but if that ability is not submitted to the will of God, hear me, hear me, hear me, somewhere along the line it's going to hit the rock, somewhere it's going to run aground. We need need all of these abilities that God gives us, but they need to be filtered through the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a frightening thing. It is a frightening thing, but we could rehearse enough and learn how to do certain things. But if we miss the fact that we need God to be with us and God to help us, then we are going to miss what God is trying to do through us. And so when we look at Peter's actions and we learn from them, then our natural gifts can be submitted to the Lord because if not, they're going to always be in conflict with what God is trying to accomplish. And if we're not careful... Our gifts will promote our own desire and our gifts can scratch our own ego. And so when this happens, we give birth to some flawed ideas and this is where people get in trouble they get in trouble spiritually because they've got some great attributes that were God given gifts perhaps at birth or perhaps it was something that was uh, that, that was worked out in their own life but if we do not yield that and submit that first at the altar of the Lord if we're not careful then those very gifts that God has given us to help us and to help others can wind up destroying us and so we begin to see the will of God in our lives and as we begin to do that then we need to humbly, humbly move forward and let God use us because carnal abilities cannot save the lost. Carnal abilities cannot lead people to an altar of repentance. Carnal abilities cannot, let me tell you something, carnal abilities is nothing more than entertainment. Nothing more, nothing more than entertainment. So we just need to understand we've got to have the anointing of God. And let's look into the life of this man tonight and find out not only his highs and his lows, but let's find out how he figured it out and do the very same thing ourselves. And so as we submit ourselves completely to God, then... We can, then the Lord can allow us in our hands, our abilities to help others. One of, of Simon Peter's last acts of carnal boldness was when he told the Lord, I'll never leave you. You can count on me. Because he's trusting fishermen, Peter. He's remembering all the times when the wind started blowing and people were saying, Do you think we ought to pull up these nets and go in? And he said, No, we're going to make it. And he's trusting in fisherman Peter and not Jesus Peter. I'm going to hang in here to the last minute. Why? Because I've hung in here in tough times before and I know that I can do it. He impulsively promised that he would never be offended. You can count on me. I'm here. <laughs> and then the Lord said, Hey, buddy, before this night is over, you will have denied me three times before the rooster crows. This was an indignant response. He said though I should die with thee yet will I not deny thee. I don't know what you're thinking. Can I say it this way? I don't know who you think you are. <laughs> Jesus, but I'm with you to the end. And the Lord said you're going to deny me 3 times. It was hard for him to comprehend that. Little did Peter realize that this was going to lead to a prophecy that would be fulfilled in his life three times he would deny him. And this incident, you see, sometimes the Lord has to absolutely let us come to the end of ourselves so that we can find him. And so this became the turning point in his life. And it was this incident that seemed to break him from speaking out and acting out. After the Lord's death and resurrection, he tested Peter to see if he had finally learned his lesson. And so here we're going to go back to these three failures. And he asked him three times in John 21, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And, and you may have heard this taught on before, but those three acts of restoration that God was putting him back on his feet. You see, God wasn't trying to crush him to kill him. God was trying to crush him to use him. And so sometimes when we think God is trying to crush us to kill us, we may need to understand that God's really just trying to crush us to make us amen amen and so we need to clothe ourselves in humility he finally conquered this carnal boldness by answering correctly and submitting himself to the will of god and to the authority of god and so we need to subject and must subject ourselves to spiritual leadership in order for god to use us in his kingdom people who have a natural tendency to be bold and possess a uh, possess a great asset if that is used correctly amen we need the spirit of god to To help us have the spirit of submission. To submit to leadership. To submit to those that are over us. Amen. We need to be aware. If our boldness is motivated out of carnality, that we are going to be in constant conflict with the will of God. Not only that, if our boldness is motivated out of carnality, we're not just going to be in conflict with God. We're going to be in conflict with others. Amen. We're going to be in conflict with others. And so a person should never allow their boldness to cause them to be in conflict with those that are in authority over them or those that are even peers with them. But certainly not those that are in authority over them. There needs to be a submissiveness about us. Amen. And so we need to clothe ourselves in humility and subject ourselves to spiritual leadership in order for God to use us in His kingdom. Praise God. And so after Simon Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, now let's watch this transformation in his life. His boldness no longer now originates within his own human ability. Now I don't think that God changed him. But I believe that Simon Peter understood I've got to channel this through the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of the Lord, what I'm saying is I don't think that the Lord just made him again another man. I believe that a lot of the characteristics that brought him to that point were still very much alive. But he realized I need to channel this through the power of the Holy Ghost. I need the Lord to touch me and anoint me. Hallelujah. And so Peter's boldness from this point was born from his relationship with the Lord and not from things he learned in the fishing boat, not from things he learned as a child, and not from things that he was born with. But I'm going to get this from the Lord. I'm going to get this holy boldness, this courage. And you know what? God can use courage and and boldness and sometimes it takes boldness to, to pry people loose from where they are. Amen. Sometimes things ought to get up a little bit close to us, close to where we're living Amen. There was, he was bold in his ministry. and when, when the believers received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, it attracted a crowd of Jewish people who had come there to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And so there was a great crowd of people that were gathered around beyond just those that were in the upper room. And so many of those that were present that day had added their voices to those that were crying crucify him whenever the Lord was tried and killed. So some of these voices in the crowd were also present for the crucifixion. And so when they began to make fun of these people that were speaking with tongues and worshiping the Lord, when they began to make fun of that, it was Simon Peter under the direction of the Holy Ghost. This boldness that he was born with. God said, I can take this and use that, but you're going to have to submit it to my will. It was Peter that boldly stood up and took lead and defended those that had received the Holy Ghost. What a different man this standing here today than the man who was cutting off people's ear, The man that said I'm not going to deny you. What a different man this was. You see, he had been crushed. He had been crushed by the weight of his own failure. When out into the night and he wept bitterly when he denied the Lord you see Judas denied also he went out and hung himself unrepentant amen Simon Peter went out and he wept openly he wept bitterly and the Lord through that sorrowful moment of brokenness began to restore something in him so now the same man that picked up the sword and cut off a man's ear now picks up the sword of life the word of God Amen. And he's not cutting off ears today, but he's piercing souls now because God said, I've I've got some boldness here that's been submitted to me. I've got some qualities here. I've got some giftedness. I've got some talent. I've got some ability in my hand. But it has been yielded to my will. Amen. No longer is he this out of control and this unpredictable specimen of humanity. But he stands with the Word of God in his hand and begins to preach. And as he was preaching the Word of God, they were pricked in their heart. That's what the Scripture said. Amen. In his flesh. In his flesh, the best he could do was cut off a man's ear. In his flesh, the best he could do was make promises and not fulfill them. In his flesh, the best he could do was to deny the Lord and try to cuss and cuss a little bit to try to fit in with a crowd. But now, with all of this into the hands of God, all of this ability submitted into the hands of God, there is no ceiling on what God is is able to do. Amen. He has anointed him with boldness. Amen not so that he can make a name for himself, but so that he would have boldness for the mission that was before him. Praise God. So he preached with passion. Where was all this passion born? It was born in a lot of mistakes. It was born in a lot of folly. It was born in a lot of foolishness. But he submitted himself to the Lord. Amen. It was through brokenness that God picked him up and said, I can do something with you. He was a different man from the man who had only just a few days before denied that he even knew the Lord. His confidence now came from a higher source. This is not the ego of Simon Peter talking. but This is the broken heart of a man who has passionately been touched by the Lord. Peter preached with conviction. He preached with boldness. His preaching pricked the heart of those that heard and it caused them to be convicted of their sins to the point that they responded this, what shall we do? What shall we do? This unpredictable man had submitted and yielded his will to God's will. And God said, now I can use you. Now I can use you. You see, most generally... God has to break us to use us. That's the truth. We don't want to hear that. Brother Joe Osborne has a unique way of putting things, but he said before the Lord can use you, He'll take you to the kitchen of sorrow and make you lick every (laughs) pan. So true. The kitchen of sorrow. So what shall we do? If you think that Simon Peter was lined up signing autographs when all this is over, you're sadly mistaken. The old Simon Peter would have been doing that. There would have been banners outside announcing where he would be standing to shake your hand, to sign your Bible. But not this man. Not this man. Today, I believe that people certainly need to hear from preachers that are not ashamed to declare the whole counsel of God. Preachers and teachers who will not stand and be affected by fear and favor, but just to declare the whole counsel of the Word of God. There should never be a string or a tether upon any pulpit that we deem is going to be a place that will keep us out of the flames of hell. Amen. There should never be any deals made, no secret handshakes. We just need anointed preaching that can help us to be saved at the end of the day. Preach a message that has power to save a lost world, not just something to make us feel better about ourselves. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, Paul told the Ephesians, he said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole all the counsel of God. I have not shunned my responsibility, but I am come to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And so in today's morally warped society. There is a great need for somebody that will stand with enough boldness to preach the truth. It was truth preaching that changed our lives. Let's just admit it. It was truth preaching that changed my life. And so the gospel of Jesus Christ was not some watered down, crowd pleasing message. It was not a message that was designed to satisfy the flesh or to soothe the guilty conscience, but it was a message that came straight to the heart, to pierce asunder the soul, to cut down to the marrow of the bone. And so I believe that ministers today of the gospel, I I understand that we are to preach in love and that should go unsaid, but we need to speak with a holy boldness of God to declare the whole counsel of God without fear and without compromise. I've said so many times through the years that if you were standing and you were facing some critical moment in your life and if that was some kind of physical medical ailment, you would not want a physician lying to you. If you were standing in a court of law, you would not want an attorney standing with you beside you that knew you were fixing to be sent off for 50 years but he's got his arm around you saying, that's all going to be all right. You need somebody to tell the truth, somebody to declare the whole counsel. And so, I'm saying today, God, help us to take our natural abilities and our natural talents, whatever they may be, and help us to have the courage for the mission that you have set us on, whatever that may be. Amen. In Acts 3, Peter and John, they were facing some adversity. Amen. They prayed for a lame man at the entrance of the temple. And when the crowd gathered, Peter immediately began to preach to them Christ. And in the course of this message, Simon Peter pointed out their participation in the crucifixion of the Lord. He started condemning them. Amen. While he was preaching the gospel to them, he was condemning them for their sin and their error. And I'm going to tell you, it took a it took an immeasurable amount of courage to preach to them and to call them out that had just crucified the Lord. They would now crucify Him. Amen. They had just crucified the Lord a few days before, so why wouldn't they crucify Him? But he didn't hesitate to proclaim the whole Word of God. It was not without consequences, of course. The same religious hierarchy that had crucified the Lord quickly turned on Simon Peter. In his defense before them, he boldly stated that what had happened was due to the power of the name of Jesus. And after his accusers had heard his response and 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 gave one uh, compliments, if you want to even say that, uh, to their entire ministry. They observed that his boldness was due to his association with Jesus Christ. And then they commanded them to never preach again in that name. Am I in the book, somebody? Amen. Don't preach again this name Jesus. And He replied with confidence that it is better for me to obey God than to obey man. So in the face of adversity, amen, not just on the big stage in front of big crowds was He kind of getting the energy from the crowd to stand and declare. But when He was just standing alone, He said it is better for me to obey God than to obey man. And so I'll tell you today that God cannot just give us courage for the big moments, Amen. the public moments, but God can give us courage to stand when nobody else is looking, when all of hell is assailing against us. Give me boldness for the mission, Lord. Help me to stand today and continue to stand. Praise God. They threatened him, but he fearlessly continued on. I believe that there are times that we all suffer some measure of persecution for our faith. I believe that we should always be kind, but I believe we all always should respond firmly. Amen. So I believe that God will give us the words to say exactly what we need in those moments of adversity. We should never allow anyone or anything to intimidate us about our convictions, especially if those convictions are based upon the Word of God. I think we ought to boldly, I'm going to say it again and kindly, but I think we ought to boldly and kindly let them know what we practice is firmly anchored in the Word of God. And how I live has not just been plucked out of the sky. This is not just some off the beaten path weird idea that we conjured up at a, at a meeting one night. But what we're talking and what we're living and what we're standing on is founded right here in the word of God. And so we're going to stand. And so I don't want to, I want to be kind about that. But you know what? The devil's not always kind. And sometimes the devil, the people the devil uses is not always kind. Amen. And so if they've got courage and confidence enough to come poking on my chest, Asking why. I don't think there's anything wrong with poking back in the name of the Lord. And say, here's why. Amen. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. We ought to boldly proclaim. We're standing on what the Bible teaches. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, sometimes we ought to just ask it in reverse. Why aren't you? (laughs) Why aren't you living for the Lord in this manner? And so our truth-based boldness may cause others to re-examine their own life. And that's why I think it's important to take a stand. If you don't stand for something someone said once, you'll fall for anything. So we need to stand. I'm going to ask our musicians to come and I'll ask you to stand if you will. We live in a wicked world. We sure do. We live in a world not only wicked, but we live in a world that is not ashamed of their sin. They're not ashamed of their warped morals or the lack thereof. They're not ashamed of their lifestyle when you think it would be played out on the backside of nowhere they're on Main Street. Amen. Many proclaim their right to live in sin and perversion and in such an environment some have yielded themselves and we've just kind of taken an easy believism approach but I'm going to tell you that uh, that if we compromise today we will never have the power and the anointing to break or destroy the yoke of sin because we have to understand that it is not us It's not this church and it's not the program. and It's not who's holding the mic. It's not who's doing this or doing that. But it is the anointing of the Lord that destroys the yoke. And so if people are going to be changed, they need to encounter fire and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, if that is indeed the requirement, the power of the Holy Ghost, then we should never be ashamed. We should always stand and be counted. Because, believe it, or not people are watching people are watching my wife and I were standing in a restaurant Sunday we were checking out a gentleman from our community was standing there I hadn't seen him in a long time we exchanged a few pleasantries and then he called a person's name that attends this church and he said I just want you to know something preacher He said, they represent y'all's church well. They represent y'all's church well. Amen. He was watching. He was listening. I don't think trying to catch error. But you see, we need boldness to be able to speak the Word of God. That man may have a question one day. It doesn't need to be met with, "Mm, I don't know, I'll need to get back with you. It doesn't need to be met with, some passive answer, but it may need to be met directly. Let me just tell you what the Word of God has to say about that. Let's sit down and look at this Word together. Amen. Let's lift our hands. Can we do that in our voices? Can we just magnify the Lord together in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord.